Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you, boo? You know what? I'm good. I can't really complain. Um, Life is good. I'm a little windblown. The winds have been really crazy. I have my hair wrapped up today in a kente cloth. Uh, Happy Black History Month. (laughs) Shout out Black History Month. And someone told me today too, they're like, oh, your hair is cute. I like it like that. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, but did they they try to touch it though? Do not touch my hair. Okay, so they knew better. They knew better. (laughs) Don't go there. As we all know, you don't touch a Black woman's hair and you shouldn't touch anyone's hair without permission, but especially don't touch a Black woman's hair. Well, and it's just weird, first of all. It is. Like, don't touch me. I don't even know you like that. Don't try to be a serial killer sniffing out a victim. Jeez. (laughs) like 50 feet 50 feet you know (laughs) which is why with the COVID protocols it's like can we always just keep this in place like I do pray that COVID comes to an end soon but still stay six feet away from me (laughs) that that is one of the big positives that have that has come out from the COVID ordeal is that People have learned generally to keep a distance. I mean, some don't, but you know, in general, people are now keeping their distance, which I love. Yes, me too. So, but thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, I know I'm going to be busy with TV for the next couple of weeks because it is Olympic season. Oh, okay. Wait, what's the Olympic theme song? (laughs) I was going to do like Rocky, but that's not. (laughs) Oh, wait, how did it go? (laughs) Well, NBC does a dun, 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 dun. There we go. That's what I was trying to do. I'm happy somebody knew it. <laughs> but, well, I have to know because I've been a fan of the Olympics since I was a little kid, summer and winter. But, you know, it's funny because like a lot of people probably, a lot of these sports don't exist to me until it's Olympic season because I know they go on annually, but I don't watch them until Olympics pop up. Some of them I do. Every four years is when I watch. Oh, yeah, this sport exists. So. Same here. Well, because the winter games, Olympic winter sports, they're not regularly on TV, right? So it's like you forget about curling. And I mean, skiing is rarely covered unless it's maybe on like a specialized cable network. Yeah, it is usually on a like a, one of the ESPNs or something. Yeah. So, And then what else? Snowboarding. I know I'm forgetting. I know there's a lot of them. Well, the, some of those extreme sports are in, you know, like uh, uh, the X Games, which are on TV, uh, again, ESPN and things like that. So if if you're if you enjoy those sports, you probably know when and where to watch them. Mm-hmm. But they do go on every year. It's just Olympics highlights that they they're out there. But, you know, with the Olympics being in Beijing this year. Even though it's funny because they say it's in Beijing, but it generally it's all over China wherever, with their man-made snow. I was going to say wherever the best powder is. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, but speaking of some of those sports, I did want to talk about a few that I do enjoy. Uh, one of them is ski jumping. Please share, please share. Yeah, well, and then ski jumping, if you're not familiar with that, you might have seen it, but you didn't know that's what it was called. Is that sport where they jump off a ramp and try to go as far as they can. And not only for distance, but their style and mm-hmm. the uh, they, 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 <laughs> they count the points for their style in the air. But yeah, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. 
Sorry to cut you. I was just like, that just sounds too extreme for me. That's well, I don't too know dangerous. how people even start to train for that. Say, I'm going to hurdle myself <laughs> through the air like a comet and then land, in, land on the ground. Well, one, I'm afraid of heights. So that's already like a nope. And then I don't like to be cold. So that's a double nope. <laughs> well, and then I, I don't know how to ski or wait, what do you, do you wear skis to jump off this cliff or? Yes, you wear specialized skis are much longer than normal skis. Um, and they're heavier, longer than you, you know, they give you more lift once you take off the ramp and you go down a long distance and there's uh, different types of hills, the, the normal hill, the long hill. So yeah, it's just as going as far as you can and mainly, but then like I said, there's stylistic points in the air that judges are looking for, like your positioning, uh, how balanced you look and things like that. Jumps are generally divided into four parts. The in run where they're going down the slope, ready to take off, mm -hmm. trying to build that speed. Mm -hmm. Then the takeoff, which is the jump, they're in flight and then they're landing. So I know one of them, is, isn't it where like you, when they jump off the cliff and they have to look like really erect and straight, Am I, is that that sport? That one, yes, or that's like, the one. That's the one. They can't move. <laughs> you, they've got that long. That they've got that lean going on. So, okay, so, so try to be aerodynamic. But you know, kudos to those athletes, right? Because it's really remarkable what they're able to do with their bodies and mm. how much air they're able to get. So, I mean, I'm happy that they're able to do that. Yeah. So, and then the other one I'm excited about are different. Well, I like the snowboarding events specifically, like I think three of them are my favorites. There's several of them, but the half pipe is basically where they're going down a half pipe and they from side left to right. And they're doing tricks every time they jump off the, the lip of the pipe. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the 2018 Olympics, America did very well because Chloe Kim won the women's half pipe and you know, Girl. shout out Chloe. And then, you know, she was on the, she was on the mass singer as well. Oh, okay, she can Chloe. actually sing really well. And See, then, it's funny because when I hear Chloe, it's automatically Kardashian. So I'm happy <laughs> there's someone else named Chloe. <laughs> and, and she got a K, Kim. So <laughs> Chloe K. <laughs> but uh, this Chloe's K uh, starts with a C. So, but, and then she's Korean. So that's cool. And then Sean White, the great snowboarder, he won the men's half pipe uh, in 2018. So, uh, hopefully America does well again this year. And then Snowboard Cross is another very exciting event where they started a start line at the top of the hill and they race down this course trying to reach the finish line. But along the way, they jostle one another. Mm -hmm. They cut each other off. It's, it's competitive Intense. and furious. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, not only that, but you're like on a snowboard, right? Going downhill at, I would think like 50 plus miles per hour. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, just trying to avoid other people or sometimes somebody trips and people spill over that person and there's a pile up of bodies. Oh no, let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> but it is, it's an exciting event, I think. And then lastly for snowboarding the the big air, which is that one where they jump off a ramp and Wait, they is try that to the do McDonald's menu hack. <laughs> Wait, what's you know, the land, air, and sea, big land, something? I don't know. The land, air, and sea, yeah. <laughs> Even though they're counting chicken as the air, but, you know. So. <laughs> but big air event in snowboarding is when they jump off the, the ramp and they just try to do these, these tricks and twirls in the air, and then they land. 
So, you know, they're scored on the tricks in the air as well as they're landing. But, you know, I don't know, again, just like the ski jump, how people build the nerve to even want to do that, but good yeah. for them. Takes a, a passion for the sport. Yeah, so. but it's as a viewer, it's fun to watch. And thank you for putting yourself out there to do that. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I just think making it to the Olympic stage, right? That's very remarkable. And even if you don't medal, just saying that you competed in the Olympics and you represented your country, I think that's a lot. And of course, everyone wants to win, right? And win a medal, but it's just a great thing to be able to be an Olympian. Well, I think that's the thing too. It's supposed to be bringing the world together in athletic competition and spirit yeah. uh, with a good sportsmanship. You know, obviously there hasn't been moments like that, in, but in general there are. And most people going to the Olympics know they're not going to win, but the honor is just for them to be there representing themselves or country mm -hmm. being, you know, full of pride, which is so nice to see, especially those athletes who have a lot of heart, but you know, they're not going to, they're not one of the main contenders. Yeah. You know? So I agree. And I heard too that the COVID protocols are really strict for the Olympics. Like they're, it's their own bubble and they have to take all these consecutive COVID tests and everyone stays safe. So that's how it's been for a lot of the athletic competitions. Yeah. So well, that's great. Lastly, usually what's considered the marquee event in the Winter Olympics is figure skating. The most exciting thing is going to be the men's uh, figure skating final to see if Nathan Chen makes it there and he wins. He met Nathan Chen from America and uh, he's probably going to be considered one of the greatest champions of all time because he's won, let's, currently I think he's won the last six U.S. figure skating championships. Oh wow, good yeah. job. I wonder if they call him Nate Dog. Good job, good job <laughs> Nate sure Dog. Maybe some people do. <laughs> And then uh, he's won the last three world figure skating championships so he's a heavy favorite to win but he is, you know, there's always a chance he could mess up because I was actually watching him in this past U.S. figure skating championships and I was watching him with a friend and I said, you know, I hope he don't choke at the Olympics like he did the last Olympics because Nathan did not win at the last Olympics. But at least and he made it there. He did. But, you know, when you're someone at the caliber of Nathan Chan, there's a lot of pressure on you, unfortunately, mm -hmm. just like we saw what happened with Simone Biles in the Summer Olympics. Yeah. You know, everyone expected her to win. And, and she hopefully... did something admirable, though, too. Course, you know, yeah. she didn't let it get to, like, obviously, you got to take care of yourself. So I think it was brave of her to stand up and say, hey, I need to take some time out. So, mm -hmm. But she ended up coming back, I think, right, with her to join. Um, the she team did. Sport. But it's, it just shows you the kind of pressures we put onto these poor athletes, especially the ones that are expected to do well. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's the same kind of pressure Nathan Chen's got going in because everyone expects him to win the gold medal. Well, Nate, if you need a break, <laughs> <laughs> be, it's okay to take one. <laughs> Take but a breath, I mean, I, Nathan. I do hope he does medal. So, yeah, I know, you know, he's favored to win. So. But, you know, if you're a figure skating fan like myself, you know, he's got tough competition going into the Olympics because uh, his main rival is Yuzuru Hanyu from Japan. Ooh. And Yuzuru has won the last two Olympics. See, so his name so, is Yuzuru? Yeah, Yuzuru Hanyu. Yeah. And so if anyone can beat Nathan, it'll be him. See, I might just tune in now. <laughs> I remember years ago. So when I hear figure skating, I just think of, is it Tanya Harding and what's the other lady that was fighting? <laughs> Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't, you know, that was a horrible situation, but I can't ever get out of my head. I saw it happen live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just, see that pressure, the pressure to perform well. So you never know what, what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. so. 
you know, I try not to be biased and root against the country just because, uh, but yeah. I always, I root for the U.S., of course, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm always happy when all these people who put such hard work into it do well. So. Yes. Yes. It's inspiring. Well, and then it reminds you too, like, well, I'm far from being Olympic ready. <laughs> <laughs> way, <laughs> way, way far away from that. Kudos to those athletes who are Olympic ready yes. and performing well on Olympic stage. So. so that's what I'm looking forward to watching. So how about you? Anything looking forward to? Anything you've watched that's been really good? Actually, so yeah, uh, recently, Amber Mark. So she's an artist that I discovered a couple months ago. And if I'm late to the party, you know, do not kill me. (laughs) I just discovered her. At least you discovered her at some point because, you know, there's artists out there who still need to be discovered and need to listen to. And when I started listening to her, I'm like, wow, this girl is really good. And I enjoy her voice. And you can just kind of put on her playlist and just let it play. Very nice music for the office. And some of her songs, it's so funny because I don't know if you've ever been to a Zoom meeting and if you've gotten to the Zoom meeting early and they play music before the meeting starts. I've she never has had like, that. She has like Zoom <laughs> meeting music. <laughs> some of her songs are like well, perfect. So. I've listened to some of her stuff. I'd rather hear that than elevator music. But... <laughs> there you go. Well, it's upbeat, you know, and it sounds good. So, and I just uh, recently discovered that she did a NPR tiny desk and I was so excited. And then for listeners who don't know, so NPR, they do these tiny desk concerts and pre-pandemic, it was in an actual office Mm -hmm. and artists would perform their music. It's an acoustic set and they would perform it in a tiny desk. And it's just like a regular office desk with all of this stuff on it. And then the NPR staff would be the audience. And so, but now that we're in the COVID situation, um, they're doing NPR tiny desk at home. So I've seen a lot of artists do it, you know, in at home or garage space or wherever the case may be. But Amber, um, she did her tiny desk in a restaurant and it's a restaurant in New York called Palma Restaurant. And it was really cute because, so she had her band behind her but for the audience, she had her family and friends there. So I thought that that was a nice addition because it was her singing and then the cameraman would pan to her family and friends and her family and friends would be grooving and kind of dancing. So it was good energy, good positive vibes. And I was laughing because the set list are the songs that are not my favorite songs, but they still sounded good. <laughs> So I was like, she did all the songs that are not my favorite, but right on, Amber, I'm not mad at you. And then I also want to shout out the musicians because I, I know, you know, it takes a whole team. Of course, she's on vocals. And then Josh Hari, and I apologize if I mispronounce any of these names, but he's on bass and he's the music director. So he directed the whole um, tiny desk at home and it's not at home, it's in a restaurant. But uh, Joy Morales was on keys and vocals. Tim Smith, drums, vocals. Kale Hawkins, synth, guitar and vocals. Maytiana Morales, percussion, vocals. And then Corey Sanchez, a guitar. So right. shout out to the musicians. I'm glad you recognize them. A lot of people forget about those poor, 
people well, who are very t- talented. So. Yeah, well, and they made her set what it was, right? Because mm-hmm. the music sounds so good, and yes, her her vocals are flawless, but it it takes a whole team. And so she mentioned in the tiny desk that performing a tiny desk was one of her bucket list items that she can check off now. Well, it's ironic because one of my bucket list items is going to a tiny desk. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. I am open. You know, if somebody wants to invite me to a tiny desk concert, I'm available. I want to (laughs) go. And then I discovered that Amber Mark is going to be at Coachella this year, weekend, April 16th and 23rd. And I'm not a fan of Coachella. I've never went to Coachella. I don't have any desire of going to Coachella and no shade to those who do, because it looks like it's a very fun event. But when I see Coachella and I see like people posting, I just think of dirt dust and urine i don't know (laughs) you know i have to agree in the sense that i'm not a fan of those big festivals and with lots of people around even pre-covid and and there were so many acts that really made me want to go to coachella but i was i couldn't because (laughs) especially that in 2019 when i found out blackpink uh k-pop group was going to be there i was like i have to go but i just cannot endure the thought of being around all those people no well and then like I know some people camp out there and they sleep in their cars and then they don't shower and then people (laughs) are on drugs and I'm like you know that's all good have your fun but it's just not my scene so um but yeah those of you who are going to Coachella have fun like you always do yeah have fun if you see Amber Mart tell her that you know Cam on Bougie Boo says hi (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, so another reason why I am a new fan of Amber Mark, because she has a wide range. And so some of my favorite songs by her are Lose My Cool, What It Is, and Love Me Right. So it's kind of like positive energy, um, of course, breakup songs, self-empowerment, things like that. But then she also covers some songs and you're like, wow, the songs that she chooses to cover you wouldn't think would be her songs of choice. For example, she covers Cisco's song song. <laughs> and I know some of you are familiar with Cisco's song song. She got dumped like a truck. Shut, shut. But she, she was not wearing a thong while doing this song, was she? Well, I didn't see the video. I just heard the vocal. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I mean, no shade if she was. I mean, no. <laughs> but. The way she arranged the thong song, she actually gave it like a smooth, easy listening, almost like a jazzy feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it was a good arrangement. It was a yeah. nice surprise. It was a I nice love surprise. when artists do that, where they can switch up a song and it just yeah. sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and then she also covered Love is Stronger Than Pride, which is a song by Sade. And so, you know, you if you're a singer, I'm pretty sure you're like scared to touch Sade's songs. Yeah, those smooth vocals of yes. Sade. Yes. And so, and Amber Mark did that song justice. And That's then she has another song called 1884 that has like a trap feel to it. So it's like trap sound, mm-hmm. but then her smooth vocals on the trap sound. So I'm like, you know what, Amber girl, I'm a fan. I like it. <laughs> I, I like what she's doing over there. And it, it 
it looks like, you know, she's evolving and she's coming, um, becoming more and more seen because she's on the Coachella stage. So I can just imagine what other projects she'll be working on. That's what um, I've been watching for the last couple of days. Because when I see Tiny Desk, I kind of, I watch one time and then I'll watch again to kind of like dissect what's going on. And then I'll watch it again to kind of <laughs> listen to all of the songs, like dissect them, you know? Uh-huh. So um been watching that for a couple so of days. And if you've got that process going on and you love Tiny Desk, there must be somebody you watched a lot then. Well, yes, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, so Erica Badu, she uh, has the best tiny desk, in my opinion. I respect everyone else's opinion, of course, but Erica Badu's tiny desk, I can watch it and watch it and watch it again. And I mean, granted, she looks different. <laughs> she looks different on the tiny desk, but you cannot deny the vocals. And that's the thing that I like about Tiny Desk because you don't have all of those machines and um, synthesizers and things like that. It's an acoustic set. So it really lets you hear the artist's vocals and the talent that they have. So um, that's my, my favorite one. So I would say Erica Badu's Tiny Desk is number one. Amber Mark is probably number two now. So what about you? Do you have a favorite Tiny Desk or one that you have watched a couple of times? Well, yeah, you know, what's funny is that you brought up Tiny Desk is like I discovered Tiny Desk uh, initially in the weirdest way because I was like, I saw this pop up in my YouTube feed. And I said, like, what is this Tiny Desk thing? And it was with the characters from Sesame Street, like the I actual Muppets. Sesame Street. Exactly. And then they did like acoustic breakdowns of their famous hits. Um, like they started with the Sesame Street uh, theme song, Sunny Days. And I was like, this is so cool. And like the count was there and Elmo and Cookie Monster. It was really fun. And then they did one of my absolute favorite songs, which is like, who are the people in your neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was just, just to watch the Muppets at the end, they were actually at the actual tiny desk. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it was cool to see this interaction. And then I started finding out what tiny desk was and how artists went there mm -hmm. and did acoustic sets. And it was just a good way to highlight, especially unknown artists because tiny desk tends yeah. to uh, npr tends to pick a lot of people that are just up and coming or mm -hmm. are very independent and people really don't are they don't get as much exposure uh, but then they do fun things like the sesame street one but then as i kept watching some of these my absolute favorite to this point which is so far from what you've you know your favorites <laughs> uh, sesame street and now bts uh, of <laughs> course from south korea <laughs> <laughs> big old boy band but their tiny desk in 2020 during the pandemic uh it was really fun they, they tried to recreate a tiny desk kind of set they, they weren't out of desk but they had like a library behind them with lots mm -hmm. of books and it was fun to hear them with a live band as well because it, they sing live very well but you don't really get to hear their vocals so stripped down a lot of times yeah and it was really good and their set was really short and much to the sadness of the fans out there but dynamite was their big hit at the time so they did that that was their first song and then save me which they hadn't performed live in quite a while so it was fun to hear them sing that and I, that's actually one of my favorite bts songs and then spring day which is this ballad the sweet touching ballad the, which is uh, a song and dedication of a tragedy that happened in south korea it was a ferry ferry boat accident where a lot of students lost their lives oh wow 
So, and the video is somber and sweet and sad. But yeah, so they did that and their vocals shined. And that's the, that's the BTS Tiny Desk is probably the one I've watched the most. Well, you know what's interesting? I'd never seen the BTS Tiny Desk. So <laughs> when we get done today, I'm actually going to go and watch it. So, well, and, and like, okay, so BT or BTS, NPR uh, Tiny Desk, it's a small, intimate thing, but it's actually big for those who know about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a big thing. It's for a artists. big event. Yeah. So I like how NPR was able to take something so simple and not extravagant and actually make it a big thing. So, yeah. which, which is why I want to attend one. I'm saying it again because <laughs> I'm believing it's going to happen. <laughs> the the th funny thing is that their initial concert started out when you're talking about how it's at, at an actual real desk. I think his name is Bob Boylan. He's the NPR music editor. And that's there. They were initially singing at his desk. So. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I think people should check it out because you might find artists, you might discover artists, you might find somebody that you enjoy, or, mm -hmm. or if there's, there might be some favorite artists that you like that did one because I know recently Olivia Rodrigo did one too. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like you should check out the NPR's Tiny Desk series to see if there's artists that you like. Uh, the, it's been going on for years now. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's something for everyone, all different types of music. Yeah, um, they hit up all the genres. Yeah, gospel music, rap, hip hop, salsa. Yay, NPR Tiny Desk. Well, have you been watching anything else? Well, I need to talk about something that bothered me. And, oh, no. It's uh, like, well, First of all, I know we're bougie booze. And yes, this this item is not necessarily bougie, but it is bougie to be well-rounded and grounded. And, you know, uh, but I'm going to talk about wrestling, professional wrestling. Okay. Chair, I, over, overturning tables and throwing chairs and stuff. Well, it's a, it's a different kind of era these days. It happens occasionally, but uh, yeah, the, the big pay-per-view event in January was WWE's uh, uh, Royal Rumble. So well, let me stop you right there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I, I might be aging myself because I haven't watched wrestling since it was WWF. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for her. So yeah, the, uh, that's my uh, my wrestling. Um, well, you know the funny thing about that is they were they were the world uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Federation, mm -hmm. but they had a legal dispute with the WWF um, acronym because of the World Wildlife Foundation. I remember and that. So the uh, Wildlife Foundation won that out. So WWE changed it to w WWF, changed it to WWE. So now they're World Wrestling Entertainment. And it kind of goes along. I, it's entertainment. Now, exactly. Okay. It accurately describes the brand now because, you know, that's the thing I will say is like people will say wrestling's fake. And yes, it's scripted in terms of who's going to win and the outcomes and things like that. But mm -hmm. what you cannot deny is that these uh, athletes, they put their bodies on the line and their oh, yeah. the physicality is real. It's real. And, yeah. yeah, you can see it. Because I mean, when I used to watch wrestling, The Rock's physique, okay? <laughs> Maybe not all, but I sure was trying to smell what The Rock was cooking because it looked good. <laughs> okay. But, but not only that, but all the... All the bumps that they take, like uh, the hits and things, you know, when they hit the mat or they when they're hitting each other, those are actual physical things that are happening to them, you know. So yeah. th that's why in the past, it's, I don't hear so much about this now, but in the past, a lot of wrestlers they passed away from taking, you know, overdose on painkillers, oh, you know, yeah. or alcohol because of all the pain they were going through in between 
matches. Wow. So the athletes, yeah, a lot of the athletes are better about taking care of themselves now, I think, because mm-hmm. you know, they're learning from the past and the history of the, the sport. Yeah. But it is still a difficult gig where you're, every time you go out there, you're basically battering your body for entertain, for people's entertainment. Uh, people's entertainment but yeah. also their passion there yeah know? exactly they have you have to be passionate to do yeah. it but they they uh they're the modern day gladiators where they go out there and you know basically it's like are you, are you not entertained american gladiators <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun show yeah. well i was equating them more with that movie gladiator with russell crowe oh, my bad <laughs> no, but american gladiators that was a fun show too so <laughs> Remember, well, but they had such cheesy superhero names like Laser and Hawk. And- <laughs> well, my when I used to watch wrestling, right? So I said The Rock, uh-huh. and then I remember The Undertaker. Yes. He was like kind of creepy. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin three sixteen. Hunter Hearst Helmsley Triple yep, H. Triple H. He used to do the little X thing by his private yes. area. It was, With I was Degeneration like, was so X. Bad. That was bad. Well. <laughs> You watched wrestling during the time at the high, the high point of WWF or WWE, which was the, what people know as the Attitude Era. And they, that's mm-hmm. where they were the most famous because they were uh, busting out into pop culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. like even you knew who all these people were. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, because, and then uh, The Rock, of course, came out to become a big star, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. And just after that was John Cena. And he's also a huge star now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the a lot of them can if they're smart they can transition out and become yeah. um, stars and mainstream actors and and work in other um yeah fields. commentators yeah. And things like that but going back to this year's event the royal rumble <laughs> and um one of the new parts of the royal rumble because royal rumble have historically it's been around for years but it's only been men doing the royal rumble and what that is is it's the main event is 30 men uh, men in the ring uh, and each are they in a cage? Or no, it's it's, oh. it's basically two men start, uh-huh. and every every minute and a half, another person comes in. Okay. And so the point is to throw the person over the top rope, and they're eliminated, and until the last man is standing, and they're the winner. Okay. And so this year, oh, well, the I think this is only the fourth year that they started doing the women's Royal Rumble, with where thirty women are in there. Hmm. So, and that's a fun match to watch, but actually this year was not as fun as previous years. There were some good moments, but overall I was not pleased with the outcome. <laughs> not that I, pleased with the outcome. <laughs> that's the thing, not that I'm always pleased with the outcome, but like this year, especially, but let me talk about some details before we get to that. The, <laughs> the first two spots were um, number one was Sasha Banks. I don't know if you know who Sasha Banks is. I do not know who Sasha so, uh, Banks is. I yeah, love it's her. been a while since I watched her. <laughs> but she's actually Snoop Dogg's cousin. Oh, okay. So, and she's beautiful. And, but yeah, she started out number one, which I was like, oh, this is bad news. Either she was going to win the whole thing or she's not going to win because she came out number one. Cause number one's tough to start at because you have to get through 29 other people. Oh no. See, why so, are we going to do her like that though? Well, <laughs> they, you know, they say it's a random draw, but it's already. <laughs> okay. But then, and then I was like, who's going to be number two. And it was Melina and Melina, she hasn't wrestled in a while in WWE. And she, she's a old school wrestler, I guess you would say. And so she came out and it's like, and the fans like seeing her, but it's kind of like, you know, she's going to be out early. Yeah. <laughs> and she was. It's, like, it, it's not going to be you, girl. <laughs> but good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, but then the other, 
you know, then there were some uh, people coming in. Then Bianca Belair came in at number eight. She's a wonderful, strong black woman. I like that name. Yeah, bougie. Uh, she. Uh, that's the thing. She carries herself bougie, but she kind of oh. ratchet. She ratchet bougie like us. <laughs> <laughs> Bougie Bianca Blair. Hey, girl. Yeah, uh, Bianca Belair. 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 Yes. Seen, so. sorry. And she got the she got this big old giant braid on her head. And you she know what? Twirls I it think around. I've seen her before. I <laughs> you think might I have. have seen her. Yeah. So, but she's fun to watch. I love. She's one of my favorites. But she came in at number eight this year. I was like, oh no. But last year in 2021, Bianca came in at number three and she won the whole thing. Oh, so good for her. She was like in the ring for over 56 minutes. Wow, she has endurance. She's strong too, but I love six minutes of like fighting and dodging punches and getting thrown all over the place. Wow, exactly. But you know, she didn't win, but she did well again. And another exciting entry was Mickey James, and she's a former WWE champion. She's a bit older. She's been around a while, but she she got fired from WWE last year. And but, they bought her back. Well, she she went on <laughs> she went on to another um, uh, wrestling federation uh, called Impact Wrestling, and she's actually the current Impact Women's Champion. Oh wow! But I saw a surprise WWE invited her back, knowing that she's with this other uh, group organization, and they allowed her to come in with her championship belt and introduced her as the Impact Women's Champion. Well, see, that kind of sounds like back then you didn't want me. Now I'm hot. You all owe me. Mike basically, Jones. Basically. The Mike Jones moment. Well, she separated with in good under good terms for the most part. Uh, but at the same time, it was nice that WWE, they usually don't like to acknowledge when the, after their wrestlers leave mm-hmm. that they're, they do other things outside of WWE. But it was nice to see that they acknowledge that she is the current Impact Women's Champion. And that gives a little bit of shine to Impact Wrestling, which is a much smaller uh, organization. And they do have talented wrestlers, too, and some former WWE people. Um, but yeah, so it's hopefully people will check out Impact Wrestling, too. But then uh, later in the lineup, Lita came out. I don't know. Remember Lita with the Hardy I remember, Boys? I, did she have red hair? Yes. I'm, okay. okay. I Because if you watched Attitude, I knew you had to know Lita. <laughs> I was like, I think I know her. <laughs> But yeah, Lita came out and um, she was there for a little while and you know, she moves a lot slower than she used to, but it's still fun to watch her. And when the crowd, when she came out, the, she got a big pop. And for those of you who don't know wrestling terminology, a pop means like the, the ovation from the fans, like yeah. uh, so a cheer. And um, but then so it was, Lita actually eliminated Mickey James. So it's kind of like two legends fighting. And but then, you know, uh, towards the end, Ronda Rousey came out, and okay. yes, it's that Ronda Rousey. The MMA rejects. Oh, that's not, that's not called. We're, we need to be nicer about that. Okay, but she sorry. had her. She had a bad moment. No, she's a tremendous athlete. So, but I know she's not fighting for the MMA anymore. But has she always been a part of WWE? No, she started in 2018, but she's not a continuous wrestler she's in and out usually for big events mm-hmm. so it's been a while since we've seen her in wwe so you know she popped out for a royal rumble and i was like oh as soon as i saw her now oh, she's gonna win this <laughs> and for me i i you know i don't have a problem with ronda rousey per se i just don't like that they tend to favor someone like her who's got a big name over yeah. all these people who have worked day in and day out who deserve a chance at the, the spotlight, but they don't mm-hmm. give it to them. So it kind of irks me that it's not Rhonda's fault, but it irks me that she can come in and win and you know take all the adulation, 
when somebody else deserves more of a chance, they've busted their butt day in, day out for WWE and they're not giving them that chance. So. Well, I mean, the fighter who was in the ring for 56 minutes. But yeah, Bianca's kind of one of their headliners these days. But there are some other wrestlers that they could have given the shine to, but they didn't. Well, I was going to commend you because I thought you were going to go through all 30 women who came oh, no, into the no. ring. I was like, do you remember all 30 of those names? I would not. Do, well, I, know, I know who they all were, but I don't. I would not do that to y'all. So <laughs> I was going to say, man, we're going to be here for a long time. I know. It's going to be a four-hour podcast. But, but I was supporting you, boo. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we're not done because what there's more yes we got to talk about the men's royal rumble okay (laughs) okay so take a deep breath everybody take a deep breath so i'll try to get through this quickly but i just want to say my piece on this like uh the first two entrants for this one are actually two of my favorites aj styles the phenomenal one Mm -hmm. and he's been around for a while and then shinsuke nakamura from japan and he's he's famous in japan and also he has a huge fan base in america but they start off first and i was like Yay for seeing those two, but boo, because I know that they're this early, they're probably going to get eliminated. And oh, I love them. No. So yeah. Austin Theory came in at number three, and I love Austin Theory. He's one of my new favorites. He's a young wrestler. He got promoted from uh, NXT, which is a development brand for WWE, to the main stage. Okay. And he did really well in this. And he, obviously, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that WWE seems to really like him because he's doing a lot of tape segments with Vince McMahon. Oh. And Vince McMahon doesn't, he doesn't appear on TV as much, yeah. but he's, he's appearing with Austin to p- promote Austin. And so that means that WWE must have a lot of faith in Austin theory. I remember Vince McMahon's walk. He has very broad shoulders <laughs> yes, and he kind of like sways his booty like, that's, okay, Uncle That's Vince. still him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's in his seventies now, so his, his wrestling days are over and yeah. it's, it's a certain degree, but, but he could still put himself on TV in those little skits that he does. You might have saw this, but number nine was Johnny Knoxville. I saw something about that. I just remember like seeing him like laying on the mat. And I was like, isn't he, you know, I don't want to call him old, but isn't he kind of seasoned to be getting beaten and battered like that? Well, and he's not a wrestler. And that's the thing. It's like he did he did actually take some spots where he, you know, physically it could have hurt him. He's of course, dangerous. he does jackass, so it's like he hurts himself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, even though the spots are pre-planned, you know, he still had to take the hit on some of those. The reason why he was there is if you see the timing, the his new Jackass movie, mm-hmm. Jackass Forever, came out this week. Mm-hmm. So obviously he was promoting the movie by being in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. But his little moment in the Royal Rumble is actually pretty fun. And uh, I actually recently saw at the Jackass premiere, red carpet premiere, the main wrestler he had a beef with at Royal Rumble, Sami Zayn, crashed the red carpet premiere and he got booted from the red carpet. So Oh, because- <laughs> I thought that was like actually planned. So I was going to say, did he like... Oh, no, know? no, it was planned. But that's the, the whole thing is just kind of for the crossover. Oh, it's like- okay. Like uh, Knoxville went to Royal Rumble, got into it with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn tried to crash Knoxville's premiere, and Knoxville's like, "Get out of my premiere!" So yeah, it was just kind of fun cross promotional kind of thing. Uh, and then I don't know if you saw this, but number twenty seven was Bad Bunny, and he has a concert. <laughs> he has a tour coming up. So and you you already know Bad Bunny is not a wrestler. Well, the thing is, during the pandemic, Bad Bunny had several months of wrestling with WWE. Oh, and I didn't he, even know that. So, yeah. so is that like something that he's interested in maybe? Like he, he being loves, a professional wrestler? 
no, he doesn't want to be a wrestler, but he mm. loves wrestling. Mm. And so, and instead of just kind of like some artists do actually, because like a, a, one of the events recently, the Amigos were there, but they just kind of sat on the side supporting Randy Orton. Mm. And, but Bad Bunny got in the mix and he actually was wrestling matches and he beat The Miz at a pay-per-view. Oh. Um, and he was tag teaming with this wrestler, Damian Priest. But he actually did the moves really well. He was very respectable in the ring. Oh. But so, but then he shows up at the Royal Rumble and you know, at the Royal Rumble, really, he should have been beat down. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming in, I think he said number 27, right? 27, yeah. But there were still a lot of people in the ring at that point. Yeah. And, but, you know, he did well and he did, he got some moves in, but then he ultimately got thrown out. Uh, but it was, you know, but, but it's fun to see a, a, a performer, a worldwide performer like him really be into it, put his effort into it and do it well. Uh-huh. Well, did uh, both of his feet touch the floor? Oh yeah, he got tossed out. He his whole body hit the floor. Oh, like, <laughs> Again, the body hit the floor. Yeah. He got he got tossed out pretty hard. So. <laughs> and then and that's what's funny about wrestling is like it's kind of a soap opera for masculine men. I mean, just typically who watches it. A lot of women watch it too, but you know, those guys who would never watch a soap opera. I'm sorry to tell you, when you watch wrestling, you're watching it's a, a soap, soap opera. opera. <laughs> it's a soap opera with action. Basically. They have writers, and it's like, well, how can we make the twist and how can we keep our viewers engaged? So that's exactly it. Anyway, yeah. thank you for letting me go off about. <laughs> WWE wrestling for now. We'll have a separate segment maybe later. I'll talk about different things in wrestling, but uh, I just want to get this off my chest about Royal Rumble. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But speaking of entertainment, so mine is not wrestling entertainment, but (laughs) I recently went to Wilson Creek Winery in Temecula. So for our listeners, um, if you're not familiar with Temecula, it's famous for its wine country. So they have Mm -hmm. many, many wineries Wilson Creek, I would say, is maybe one of the most popular ones. Yeah, it's well known because even I'm not into wine, but I know Wilson Creek. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll probably talk about this another day, but I had a birthday brunch there (laughs) one year and was there. I was there. (laughs) It was a good time, though. (laughs) And this was before COVID. So, yes, and we had a, a really good time, so. But um, they're most famous for their sparkling wines. So um, almond champagne, you probably can find that in like the grocery stores, I'm thinking. I've seen it before, like in Ralph's and Stainer Brothers. But then they also have um, sangria and they have the rosé sparkling wine, root sparkling wine, coconut, peach bellini, orange mimosa. So they have something for everyone. And I will say, um, well, first of all, I was there for my friend's birthday. Shout out to Michelle. Love you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And it was uh, it was during the week. And I will never go to the winery again on a weekend because no one was there. And you actually had enough room to feel comfortable. You actually got service. You didn't have to wait in line. And our poor, I'm not sure if that's the right term. Is it poor? I don't want to call him a bartender. Uh, sommelier? I don't well, <laughs> I was going to say sommelier, but I don't know if he's a sommelier per se. So. But his name was Herber. Shout out to Herber. He was so nice. And so when I've been to Wilson Creek many times, and usually, you know, the tastings, you just get one pour, you go back to your table, whatever. Well, this is the first time where I had different wines mixed together. 
So each pour, it was like a special blend, special blend, special recipe. And it would be like the peach bellini, the orange mimosa, and almond all together. Oh, that and sounds it, delicious. So I'll <laughs> drink some of that. It was good. <laughs> and so every time we went for a different pour, he would have a new recipe, a new special blend, but it would be three wine, three sparkling wines each time. Mm. So that was my first time ever experiencing Well, that. then let's call him a mixologist. He's a mixologist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so thank you, Herbert. Me and my friends really do appreciate it. So, but halfway through our time at Wilson Creek, me and my friend, you know, we go to the restroom because girls, we, we go together in pairs, right? You need support. Go to the restroom, go to wash our hands. And this woman <laughs> is in there with her friend. Now, this woman reminded me of, I don't know if our listeners watch Ozark. I have talked about it before, but there's this particular character in Ozark. Her name is Helen. And she's a taller woman, taller in stature. And she kind of gives off like masculine energy yeah masculine energy well this woman reminded me of helen okay so i was like oh okay you know this is a tall lady right there but minding my business i have my mask on i'm not trying to interact with anybody i don't like where this is going already i really don't like where this is going so this woman she's like oh you guys are so cute look at your outfits you're so pretty and i just simply say thank you well then after i say thank you this woman asked me and my friend if we wanted to get high and then she proceeds to dig in her purse and like pull out some cocaine oh what? <laughs> the friend that she's with she's apologizing profusely she's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and i'm like oh no it's okay you know have have a good time be safe i'm still you know just calm and not trying to make it you know bigger than what it is cuz i can clearly see that this woman is one probably drunk and two i know for a fact that she's on drugs well then after i say you know no thank you have a good day the lady proceeds to say look at that asf and smacks my booty oh no <laughs> i honestly froze I did not know what to do and here I have this giant lady <laughs> trying to give me drugs and smacking my booty and again her friend is apologizing profusely she didn't leave a it's, coke handprint on your booty did she I mean I hope she did <laughs> luckily I was wearing a lighter color um jumpsuit that day so I mean I didn't see anything when I came home but I was just so shocked that that happened and then again, because her sober friend was the one apologizing, you know, I wasn't going to report it and, and turn it into like a big thing, but I just never had that happen to me before. And then when I left the restroom, me and my friend, we left the restroom, go back to our table and I'm proceeding to tell my friends what happened. This woman comes out and finds oh, us. Oh no! And then she asked one of my friends, is that your girlfriend? And then he's like, no. And he looks like, who is this woman? Then the lady who smacked my butt sees that it's my friend's birthday, then proceeds to give my friend a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> and I am totally freaked out at this time because I'm like, one, I hope this woman has her vaccination, her booster, everything else. She does not have her mask on. 
She's drunk. She's high. She smacked my butt. Now she's kissing my friends. Oh, this sounds like an episode that like the lady sounds like an episode of Real Housewives or something. something oh my so. gosh. I It was just bizarre. It was really bizarre. So that was my entertainment. Um, you know, not as lengthy as your 30 wrestlers running into the ring. I hope that's not shade right there. Is that shade? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying like, it's just. It happened so quickly and it was just so bizarre. But you know what's funny? I mean, I guess I would have had to eventually start wrestling this woman if she if she wanted to get more touchy-feely well, with us. That's the thing. It's like, it makes you wonder those scenarios. If you call the police on her, why are you the one that's going to get in trouble? <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say it. I know. Well, and then I, I'm keeping the peace, right? I'm level-headed. And I understand this woman is not in her right mind because, again, she's on drugs and she's at a winery, so she's probably been that drinking too. crazy. Well, and then the friend that she's with was totally nice and calm and mm, apologizing. I hate to be that friend. I would hate to be that friend. So. But, yeah, so <laughs> what was a nice time, a nice ambiance quickly, like, turned into what is this? And I've never had this experience at Wilson Creek. And again, I did not want to report it because we were trying to celebrate my friend's birthday. We didn't want it to end on a bad note. But I mean, if you don't know how to handle your liquor or your drugs, just stay home. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Stay or, home. Yeah. Or go out a semi-sober. Well, and again, I had to think too. I was like, it's Black History Month. I don't want to make a scene. <laughs> not on Black History <laughs> You got to represent proper. I do. Have to no, represent. but see, that's not fair though either because it's like, why should you have to represent and take the high road? But you know, we know how it is as people of color. So yeah, people of color, I'm a Christian. You know, I got to represent my family well. I can't be acting crazy in Temecula. Exactly. Although I could, I could go there. <laughs> uh, we, that's the thing. We could, but we don't. So we yeah, don't. we're not so. like that. That was uh, my entertainment. That well, I have to say real quick, because your, fr- your friend Michelle's birthday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to reveal her age because we shouldn't, but she's a bit older, but she looks amazing for her age, I have to say. Well, and she was getting that all day. Everybody could not believe it because she had her age on her shirt and they were like, oh my God, that's your, that, that's how old you are. She's like, yeah. They were like, you look so good everywhere we went because we stopped at a couple wineries that day. But um yeah, yeah. It, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was I feel just, like we have to say this every every episode, but it's like black don't crack, right? So Asian don't race it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but very entertaining for sure. So, but speaking of black don't black crack, history month. It is Black History Month. So throughout this month, I kind of wanted to spotlight some um, black designers, black artists. And the first one that I am going to talk about today, um, his name is Brandon Blackwood. Mm-hmm. And so he is an American fashion designer. He's the CEO and founder of Brandon Blackwood New York, a fashion company that specializes in handbags and accessories. Oh, I wonder if he created and owns it. <laughs> I'm like, did I? Were you not listening to me, boo? <laughs> I mean, it's like his, his name is only in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's half Jamaican and half Chinese. Oh, okay. so, and he's, also, like, he's a combination of you and me. Well, and also um, 
shout out to everyone celebrating the Lunar New Year. So that's why right. also yes. I wanted to spotlight him first because he checks both boxes. Black Happy History Lunar Month. New Year, everyone. Um, so, but um, I am privileged and have the opportunity to own a Brandon Blackwood bag. Okay. Bougie. I mean, <laughs> I try to support especially Black businesses. So, but yes. You know, it is a little bougie. Well, I mean, it is in our podcast name. So. <laughs> Don't put me on blast. <laughs> hey, look, if you got it, you got it. So I did purchase the Braulio belt bag in sky blue. And if you look on his website, brandonblackwood.com, so the Braulio bag comes in different colors. Um, but I like the sky blue. It kind of spoke to me. But most of his bags, it's really hard to purchase one because they're always sold out. And that's the thing. I'm happy that he's getting the support um, and that he's popular. He's gaining notoriety. And um, my next bag on the watch list that I think I'm going to purchase. Uh Treat yourself. I mean, why not? It's look, it's Black History Month. It's my birthday month. It's Valentine's. It's. It's just all the signs are pointing. You know, to you don't even need those bag. excuses. If you want to get it, that's what I'm just saying. Well, I I agree with you. I'm just trying to make it sound. <laughs> that's the reason why I'm getting it. But yes, I agree with you. But the Portmore backpack, it's functional. Um, I like the design and structure of the bag itself. And it's just something that you don't see often. And like, again, just the fact that it's a Black designer and I want to support him. And then also, too, when I have worn my Braulio belt bag, people uh-huh. have said, like, that's a cute belt bag or that's a cute fanny pack. And I'm like, oh, it's a belt bag. <laughs> I kind of correct them. It's not a fanny bag. It's a belt bag. So but um, I'm just really happy to see his brand grow. A lot of different celebrities exactly have worn the bag and they tag him and so I will um, upload a picture of me wearing my Braulio hey. belt bag at our hey. Instagram at Bougie Boots. Hey, hey. <laughs> so you but will no, see. Okay. I mean, you, you you just like those celebrities because she's fabulous. Cam is fabulous looking. Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I know I saw I saw the Brandon Blackwood. Uh, a lot of big celebrities carry his bags, like Kim Kim K, Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. and uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and uh, those are. People might not be as familiar with Winnie Harlow, but the fashion model, and she was on America's Next Top Model. Yeah, but some people so do. Beautiful, and I know she dated with Khalifa at one yeah. point. So. <laughs> well, and also too, um, I mean, back in the day, right? I used to want to carry Coach and Michael Kors, and there's nothing wrong with those brands. But when you have an up and coming brand like this, and it's good quality, and you want to support someone up and coming, this is a great designer to follow. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. So happy Black History Month. (laughs) We have a couple of more weeks in this month. So you will hear (laughs) of another uh, fashion designer. Well, I I do have one that since you brought it up, I was like, let me talk about it. Please, please, please. Well, because you'll probably hear from me in the future, but I am a reality TV competition junkie. And so I've been watching Project Runway since it started. And uh, this it just wrapped up season 19 finale last night. But one of the, fi- I'm not going to reveal who the winner was in case people want to watch it. But um, one of the finalists was uh, a young Black designer, uh, Chastity Surreal. 
And so since we're talking about Black designers and Black History Month, I was like, oh, Chastity was in there. And Black Girl Magic. Yeah, Black Girl. She had the Black Girl Magic. And she's from Houston, Texas. And she generally designs, coming into the competition, prom dresses and wedding gowns for um, you know bridal parties and for the, uh, the, the bride in, Houston, in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. But her dresses are really pretty. But I think the competition really helped her step beyond and to become more of a fashion, high fashion designer, as opposed to just a pretty dress designer. Because mm-hmm. her aesthetic coming in, and she admitted, was more like Disney princess and villain kind of dresses. Oh, like ballroom kind of? Basically like- pr- prom dresses, ball okay. gowns. Mm-hmm. So that was her aesthetic. But she really learned how to hone in and take that aesthetic and make it more high fashion during uh-huh. the competition. And so her final look of her 10-piece collection was really captivating and she wanted to uh, show the strength of of black women and her theme though was her always feeling like she was the black sheep of her family oh and so representing black sheep everywhere in terms and so she had that theme in her design but she also wanted to show the strength of black women so she picked 10 beautiful black models uh for her 10-piece collection but so it was just a a nice overall runway show that she presented Mm -hmm. and she deserved to be in the finale wow she's doing big things so thank you i I have to oh yes you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say thank you for putting this on to chastity surreal well and the other thing i'll say about that is in the finale Tommy Hilfiger was one of the final judges um, and he had the biggest compliment he gave to her was that she should be designing for artists like Beyonce and JLo because she creates looks that celebrities would want and I agree like her looks are visually stunning for the red carpet wow go girl go black girl magic Well, anything else before we get out of here, boo? No, I think people are tired, especially after my whole tirade about the Royal Rumble. (laughs) If you're not a fan of wrestling, you are now after hearing his uh, synopsis. Or you can just (laughs) let us let us know. Say, David, stop talking about wrestling in the podcast. (laughs) I mean, because I will take your feedback to heart. I may not listen to it, but I will take it to heart. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. But yes, um, bougie booze on Instagram. If there's something that you want to comment on or you want to have us talk about, we're open to suggestions. And other than that, till next time, boo, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie, right? Correct. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.